0: episode number 225, and since today's episode is pretty much all about the Dash, um, today's stat shout-out has to go to Haley Hansen of the Houston Dash, the 225th player to earn a cap with the senior U.S. women's national team. Hansen was the Dash's top draft pick in January 2018, and she earned her first cap during the April Friendly last spring versus Mexico in Dash's home stadium. All right, so one long chat today with of course the new head coach of the Houston Dash, James Clarkson. He was announced by the club yesterday. Frankly, an unusual choice, but the more I've talked to James over the last few days, the more excited I got about where the club is going and what 2019 could look like and and the behind the scenes organizational changes. All right, Jen Cooper the Keeper here with da, 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 the third head coach of the Houston Dash just announced, and that is James Clarkson. James, I'm so glad that I get to talk to you. I'm so excited about this.
1: Thanks very much for having me on the show. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm really excited.
0: <laughs> well, and in interest of full disclosure, I, I have to let our listeners know that, you know, you and I go, go way back. I think I first met you when I was working at an indoor soccer facility, and you were youth coach manager for South Texas Youth Soccer. I can't remember what your title I was. was.
1: The, I was a director of coaching for South director Texas Director of
0: coaching so. for Youth Soccer. So, so everybody can rest assured, James has been in coaching a long, long time. <laughs> And and before we started taping, you you had a nice memory of when you were finishing your A license. What was happening at the same time?
1: It was it was the women's World Cup final, and uh,
0: and like, not just any women's World Cup final.
1: No, it was when Brandi Chastain scored that that famous penalty kick, and uh, it, it was a, a monumental occasion. Uh, both for my A license and the, <laughs> and the women winning the World Cup.
0: No, was that the USA license or the UEFA license? US. US. Yes. Which, but you have both, right? I do, but
1: yeah. I, I class myself as, as an American coach with a with an English accent. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually American now and I have been for six years. But, uh, <laughs> my whole coaching, not all of my coaching experience, but a vast amount of it has been in the US. And uh, I've, I've gone through all of the courses and I've lots of things up, and, you know, it's really shaped me as who I am as a coach, so I really am an American coach.
0: So, how did you end up in, in the U.S., and specifically Texas, because you've been in Texas more than 20 years
1: now. Yeah, I've been here. 20, and and still, there's no
0: twang in your voice. No, uh,
1: my <laughs> wife likes my voice, so I think that's the only reason she's with me, so i have to keep <laughs> it. Uh, the I came here, uh, I had a really good friend that I played football with in England, and he was living here, he still lives here, Matt McCallum. And uh, I came over, and I worked at the the late, great Mike Henshaw soccer camps, and uh, Mike brought me over. I worked there, and from there I went to Clips Soccer Club down in Sugarland, and was at Clips for four years, and then moved to South Texas Youth Soccer, and was there another three and a half, four years, and then moved to the Dynamo.
0: Yeah, so 2006, as I well remember, is the first year of the Dynamo. We, we got them right as 2005 was ending. And then 2007 is when the league mandated MLS that every club have an academy. So I have a youth academy. So you launched the Dynamo Youth Academy. Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, Oliver Luck and Chris Canetti hired me in uh, the November of 2006. So I claim that I was here for two championships. Uh, <laughs> I was here two days before the before the final, so I claim I made the difference. But uh, the uh, yeah, so that there wasn't an academy, and we didn't have anything, had no no facilities, no infrastructure, no players. Uh, so it was built from from the ground up, and you know, eleven and a half years. Uh, it, it, it's taken some time, but you know, I, I think it's it's a great program we've given. Players some absolutely unique opportunities on and off the field. Uh, really impacted the community in, in lots of positive ways. Some of them have been fortunate enough to have an opportunity. You know, ten guys have signed for, for the first team MLS contracts, so they've been able to pursue that that career. There's a real pathway created, and you know the, the program's much bigger than I am, and will continue to grow and continue to move on and. I you know, wish all the guys there the best of luck and I hope we see many more players come out of the program and play for the first team.
0: Well, and of course, you know, a lot of people look at who signs for the first team, but I think a bigger impact of the academy is the, all the players that got a college scholarship or got a path to college, you know, because of that. So that's the kind of thing where it's like you might not see that affect the Dynamo, but I think that, you know, affects the game and affects the the community. And one of the reasons that I'm, you know, excited about you being named... Houston Dash head coaches, you're of
1: the community, that
0: this is, you know, you're you're not going anywhere, this is your home. Right,
1: it's definitely (laughs) my home and and I love Houston and I I do love the the community and I I look at those guys that have come through the the academy who without the academy may never have had the opportunity to go to college and we were really proud of the fact that every player that actually graduated the program went through it and graduated or went on to college or professional soccer and you, know, you see them coming back to the community now. I was at a men's league game the other night and there were six or seven guys who were in that first class of, of the academy all those years ago. They were
0: probably my ball kids back in the day. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it, the circle of life continues. It's, uh...
0: <laughs> or long story short, you and I are both old and have been in Houston a long time. But it, but it's all good. It's all good. So let, let's talk Houston Dash. I mean, when... I got the news that you were going to be head coach. You know, I I was thrilled for you, but, you know, I never would have thought, oh, oh you know, the Dash need to hire James Clarkson. Um, but talking to you th- these last few days, it's, it, it's fascinating what, what 2018 has been for you in terms of how you were exposed to women's soccer in a whole new way. Not that, you know, I, I know that you've watched Women's World Cups over the years, and you and I put together a women's, Soccer clinic back right. in two thousand nine with you know Sarah Huffman. So you know I know you're aware of the game, but talk about um, Vera Powell coming to the Dash and, and how twenty eighteen kind of turned things for you. The,
1: I've always had an interest in the Dash because they train next to the academy um, a lot of the time.
0: The academy has scrimmaged the Dash several times. Yes, absolutely,
1: <laughs> uh, and <laughs> usually one. Hopefully, we'll do it again, uh, <laughs> and it's. And it's part of the club and, and I love the club so there's always been an interest there so I've always followed it but when uh, when Randy left and Omar took over uh, you know, we had one of our academy coaches help Omar so there was, there was a real interest there um, and then when Vera came uh, because of her track record and uh, her knowledge and everything I, I thought it was a fantastic appointment and I got really engaged in it, I, I spent a lot of time with her talk, talking about Women's soccer, talking about the team, and I really felt she was going to come in and revolutionise uh, the sport. Uh, I think she certainly brought a new level of professionalism to the team, and you know, I think she's created a fantastic foundation that I'm very fortunate to be able to inherit, and gives me a great starting point to to put my own stamp on it and, and put my own feel, and I've got my own ideas on how I think the team can and continue to get better but i'm at a really good starting point because of the work that went in last year
0: i would say that the dash are in the best position that they've been in in their five years where um the closest to you know a solid playoff contention roster um especially with the growth that we saw this past year i mean there were definite you know improvements you know some things that are still a little messy, like, you know, how much how many goals you were giving up towards the end of the season. But, you know, to see a player like Rachel Daly blossom in the way she did, where it's like it wasn't every now and then she's scoring, she was always scoring. To see this this core of players like, you know, for for me watching the press box, I didn't have that feeling of like, oh my God, I hope no one gets hurt because there's really no one on the bench that could come in. Now it's more like wow, there are these people on the bench that they really need to get time, but I don't know who I would take off.
1: Right, and so, so I think Vera did a good job putting the, the roster together. There were some really good trades last year. Uh, speaking to, to the players over the last few days, uh, that they're, they're really excited to get going. Uh, can't wait to get going. It's, it seems a long way off March 4th, but uh, I'm sure it's going to fly around <laughs> because there's a lot to do between now and then. And it's just the... The competitiveness, the the environment, that's that's what we're looking for. And, and I've I've said this to all the players, you know, come in. We want it to be a competitive environment. We want everybody to fight for a starting spot. And, and if everybody is really competing, then it's just going to raise the level uh, and and raise everybody's game. And when people don't feel comfortable in their position because there's somebody trying to take it, I think it brings an edge and it it brings uh, another level of of performance that will really hopefully impact the team over the season
0: now after more than a decade of coaching teenage boys how how are you anticipating that you're going to have to change some of your you know coaching style management style uh with you know
1: adult women uh... (laughs) a loaded question (laughs) 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 i uh, i think first and foremost they're footballers so i don't want to refer to them as women footballers because they're footballers and they're the, they're the best in the world. They're in the top 5% of players participating in, in the world at the moment. So I'm very fortunate to be able to work with elite level players. So elite level players bring their own, their own motivation because they've clearly had that to get to this level in the first place. So, and now it's more a case of man management, uh, dealing with them as individuals. That they're all just they're all human beings so they're not the same so I have to deal with them individually I've got to take time to build relationships with them I've got to sell my philosophy my my style of play onto them get them to buy into it and if we can do that then we'll be successful uh, and I, I hopefully we will be uh, I would like to think I'm a I'm an easy-going guy <laughs> especially when we're winning uh, the uh, <laughs> But it's, uh, I think it's that, that, that human side, that, that management side, that becomes really important.
0: Well, and talk about, um, you know, when you heard that Vera was leaving, um, you know, what, what set off the idea in your brain that, hey, I want to apply for that?
1: The, partly like what I said, really, in that I looked at the foundation of what she'd laid, and I looked at the, the quality of the squad. I thought they were real playoff contenders last year and it was just a shame towards the end where it didn't quite work out but I thought they were very competitive and it's it's an exciting opportunity. I look at the growth of women's soccer throughout the rest of the world and it's, it's booming and it, it's taken off all all over Europe, everywhere and with the excitement of the World Cup uh, it was a unique opportunity for me and it was one I, I thought I would I would apply I'm good friends with Eddie. Uh, I've known Eddie a long time, and you know, even when he started working with Vera, that, that also got my my attention even more because because uh, again,
0: he's not someone. I mean, it's it's a similar hire where when I heard about it I'm like, really? That seems weird. But everything I saw, like the players, really loved working with Eddie. He seemed a perfect balance to Vera's personality, and now he is so into women's soccer. I, I love talking to Eddie about women's soccer now. And Eddie's
1: a passionate guy, yeah. And, uh, but he's also he's got huge experience. And again, it's, it's it's football. It's it's not it's not men's women's football
0: is football is football.
1: It, 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 it is, yeah. and uh, it, it, I don't want that to be like a flippant comment. Because it, it is, and this is how I view them as elite level footballers. So, creating that environment that they can thrive in and, and they can continue to grow uh, is vitally important for us. And, you know, hopefully, Eddie can be the, the yin to my yang, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, we have a good balance, and it, it, it creates that, that great environment for the players. Though
0: so there might be new staff coming on at some point.
1: It is. I, I've looked at it, and that was one of my, uh, one of my concerns uh, for the Dash, for the whole history of it, is the, the quantity, quality of full-time staff around the programme. Being able to provide what's really needed for the players to be able to succeed. And fortunately, you know, I've, been, I've been able to you know, be given the opportunity to, to build a staff so we're looking to add uh, another assistant coach, so we'd have two full-time assistant coaches, which would be the first time for the programme. Uh, add a full-time goalkeeper coach, and then we have all the support staff uh, around that as well. But putting together a really strong technical staff is, is vitally important. Uh, we're looking and searching for really a former player that can bring uh, a different set, uh, skill set, different experiences Help me and Eddie in, in certain situations for sure, and one that wants to really be part of a team that we can push push this thing forward.
0: Well, and with the the off season, you know, a lot of the Dash players have been playing elsewhere, and, and I know you've been following them pretty closely. So, so what have you seen from the players during the off season?
1: The yeah, it's amazing. When I first came to America in '95, '96, whatever it was. You couldn't get a soccer game on TV for, right. for love nor money. Right and now, now I'm watching the W League uh, at home, and uh, and I'm An watching.
0: African qualifying. I was so excited that I could actually get African qualifying it, this it, time around. It's incredible,
1: and you know I've been watching all of the, the Women's College Cup and everything, and it's the access to games now is is incredible, and so I, I'm watching it. It's. I love Australia, I, I lived there for a while uh, so I'm really envious of the, <laughs> <laughs> of the women that are playing down there And uh, but it looks fantastic, I think it's great that they're playing uh, that can only help us when they come back and, and hopefully you know they're fit, fresh, ready to go and, and, and hit the ground running and with the World Cup it's, it's going to be tough with us losing up to 8 players probably, uh, so that gives everybody in the squad another opportunity so but the more we can get them playing the more they can keep going and developing i think just the better it serves the team so
0: watching uh you and i had talked um earlier about uh like the u17 women's world cup you know u20 women's world cup i mean the u17s recently to see that mexico spain final like you know you had said earlier like how how women's soccer is exploding it's, it's like it, is. it it was you know it was a great final to watch and well, I'm gonna
1: I'm going to baffle you here with all my knowledge of my scouting <laughs> so far on uh, on
0: so you're already scouting the, the U17s I am
1: and awesome. the captain of the Mexican team used to play for Eclipse Soccer Club so nice. yeah so, uh, nice James I've already got worth those <laughs> connections oh I am so it's a uh, it's it's a small world but you you look at the growth of the, of the sport in Mexico it's it's incredible. And I was there, it was this time last year, and I visited Monterey and with Riados, And I know their academy director really well. They're having a huge push on getting their women's team up and running and, and really interested. And that's where we were able to organize the game uh, last season.
0: Yeah, that, that scrimmage in, in July, um, you know, I was in Moscow when that happened. When I saw that on, on social media, I was like, that is so awesome, and I didn't know until recently that it was you that set it up. But it makes sense that you had done so many tournaments and, and exhibitions with Mexican youth clubs, that of course, you, of course, you would know, right?
1: You know, so know, know the person
0: to call to make that happen. It's,
1: it's something that we want to continue to, to happen, and even when like, planning the, the schedule and everything, you look at the number of international breaks where there are these gaps where we potentially can play an international. Competition, I think it's fantastic. Great experiences for the players, and hopefully, can again continue to elevate the performance.
0: And then going into the draft, which is barely a month away, you know, uh, you said you've been watching, you know, the NCAA tournament, College Cup, but how do you how do you wrap your mind around that? I mean, I've I've been on the the, the draft analyst desk for the last what three three seasons, and it's it's still it always blows my mind at how many. Players that are out there, and then of course you have access to what we don't on the desk of like, well, who who's actually reached out to the coach and who's who's gonna, who's going to go to Europe instead, and you know. But how do you start with something like that?
1: Well, it's it's all new for me, and uh, it's it's there's a lot of work to do because um, we're a little bit behind, I think, on it. So I've been tapping into into a lot of mine. Connections and um, colleagues that work in the college game, and trying to get as much information on potential players as possible. And for us, it's vitally important the draft because of the number of players that we'll be losing for for the World Cup. So, and we only (coughs) have—excuse me—we only have second-round picks and uh, two in the third round. So, really capitalising on it and making sure we get the most out of those picks is going to be really important. So trying to do a homework on on everybody is it's, it's time consuming but um, using a lot of different resources to try to get there um, good friends with G up at Am um, He's he's been gracious enough to, to help us so we're tapping into his knowledge uh, his network as well so we're really trying to at least be prepared uh, and then hope that the ones that we really want don't get picked and, and the other <laughs> chance to get them in the second round <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's there there's so much research to do, but like you said you you just use those connections. I mean, it, it really is a small world. I mean, that's something that I I keep being surprised about over and over in the soccer world that I connect with someone and that they know someone that I already know and that it's it's just it's an incredible patchwork of everybody kind of knows everybody in one way or another. And and that's what I love about being at, at the convention every year. So you're walking through this hotel and it's like Hey, there's Jeff Agus from the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> hey, there's Charlie Wagner. Hey, there's that coach from that college team that that I watched on ESPN. it's just yeah, yeah. It's it, it's kind of a trip. Um, so, other big plans. I mean, for, for the dash, I know that's a lot to ask you. That's that's pretty broad, but but I know that um, you know you've been you've been interested in in also how the dash can maybe make more of an impact in Houston and that you know you know we can both honestly say that attendance is not what you know we as Houstonians would, would want it to be and you know I, I like that you're coming into this not just as a coach but also as someone who it's like wants to you know grow, grow the business side of
1: it. Right uh, abs- absolutely I think uh, that's one of my one of my main tasks of we want to put a competitive team on the field but we also want to have people in the stands and, and we want we want to have an impact on the community and it's the growth of the game is is incredible, but there's still large portions of the city of the population that aren't really getting exposed to, to the game, aren't being given the opportunities to participate in the game. Hopefully through the work here with the front office with Dynamo Charities we can really start to impact it and really focus on projects that the players can get involved in they can be passionate about and we can really start building the brand of the dash and and really impacting the community and the growth of the game
0: especially coming into a women's world cup year just you know there there's there's so many you know opportunities i you know i think because it's it's going to be covered more than it would you know in any other year in, in the cycle um and you know just just last weekend we had the Women's World Cup draw and it got coverage in some areas, but I was kind of frustrated that some soccer outlets just thought only the MLS Cup was happening. But whatever. Um, but your thoughts on, on the World Cup draw? US US's group.
1: I think the groups pretty standard, pretty straightforward for them. I think unfortunately, the deeper it goes into the tournament, it's <laughs> going to get a little trickier for them. But uh, you know, they've clearly got to be one of the firm favourites to 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 win. Uh, it it seems because obviously we've got players in the Canadian national team, uh, so that interest there, that's a tougher group. Yeah, yeah. there's there's
0: like five different teams to follow for you. (laughs) Yes, South
1: Africa, uh, England, Scotland-England, you know, historically, what a fantastic game that will be. It's (laughs) it's unusual Scotland are in a World Cup, but... uh,
0: First time ever.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think it's really exciting, and you you look at... uh, where it was four years ago, and then you look at what Carly Lloyd did in the final and the impact that had, uh, and it's almost the, the wave of interest that it, it generates. You, you can almost ride that for for two years, get to the Olympics, and uh, and then that wave comes again. So it is, it is exciting. The coverage will be great, and you know hopefully hopefully we can spot a couple of players as well, and uh, we can sign a couple. <laughs>
0: And then hit the playoffs for the first time, yeah?
1: Yeah, I, it's, uh, that's going to be, that's, I'm competitive. And, uh, I <laughs> you wanna sound win. like
0: a nice guy, but you're actually competitive. I am.
1: I am very competitive. Uh, and it's, but we want, it, it's, it's sport. It is, it's competition. So, and at a professional level, it's It's a results driven business. And so we have to strive to want to win every game. Uh, Happen. and but we've, we've got to set ourselves up we've got to be prepared we've got to put the work in and make sure we're giving ourselves every opportunity to win and if we re- i think if we focus on the process the outcome will take care of itself and i would imagine every coach in the league says they want to win the they want to win the championship uh, i think you know there's some there's some good teams in the league so it's not going to be easy but the first thing we've got to try to do is get into the playoffs and that's got to be our number one goal and then after that we can Set ourselves some different, different goals and go from there. But the, the key for me is continue to. I think you looked at last year's results. We, we we did well against the teams below us. Uh, we did really well against against them. Now it's can we really start picking up points, wins against the, the more established, better sides and uh, give ourselves a chance of, of really making the playoffs. So want to win at home. Uh, historically you look at the Dynamo and the success the Dynamo have had It's really based on winning at home and so can we get that can we make it a really a place that is an advantage for us the fans can play a part in that if we can get more more participation that that would really help Uh, so working on that side of things as well (laughs) but then you know obviously pick up some points on the road and I always remember Dominic Kinnear's philosophy of getting into the playoffs win at home pick up on the road you get the players. so uh, it worked for him for it's, a long time it sounds time. so
0: simple it really does
1: yeah I'm sure I'm sure when we talk again in a couple of months uh, it won't be quite so
0: simple except I feel like in a way you're more prepared um than than what we saw with Vera or Omar or or even Randy um you know again Randy had you know about the same amount of time as you did but had it had to build a team from scratch right. you know Omar was like hey you know we fired Randy we need to replace someone um Vera had a little bit more lead in but was coming from an a background of coaching national teams so I feel that that adjustment to coaching club you know was was probably the most difficult part for you for her so here you're someone who it's it's like you know this organization none of the that part is new to you you've been engaged with this team over the last year kind of like i mean as an outsider but like watching talking to vera talking to eddie following these players um you know and i and i love that you told me that before your your interview you Rewatched every game of the 2018 season, which, when you think about that, that's 48 hours worth of soccer, you know, (laughs) and And, you know, and and you know, so so it's it's like from from all of that. I mean, like, what could you throw me a couple pieces of like what things you want to do? Like, what what would be one or two things? Watching all of that, it's like, oh, I want to focus on this.
1: Yeah, just going back to why I watched all of the games. It's I looked at it, I, I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to be interviewed uh, for the job. So I thought this is my one chance, and it would be my, my fear was the same as I'm sure all the fans is never coached the, oh, in the women's game. What does he know about the women's game? So, uh, like I said, to me it's football, but I thought let's be prepared. And the best way to be prepared is to know the team and know the players and be able to sit and have a proper conversation about the team, its strengths, its weaknesses, and give my opinion on how I thought I'd be able to take the, the team forward. So I think going forward, I, I think the forward line is as good as any in the league. I, I think it's, it's very exciting. There's this genuine speed about it, but there's some technical ability. Scored lots of goals. Uh, Rachel Daly, obviously she was third leading goal scorer in, in the whole league. Somewhere and around there. She scored good goals. If you look at the the goals that she scored, they weren't, you know, miskits and stuff <laughs> like that. They, they were proper goals. And some of the counter-attacking play from the team, uh, I thought was was excellent. Uh, I think we've got a very good goalkeeper. We've got two very good goalkeepers, really. And it's... The problem was they're a bit too busy, and so if we can, if we can improve on on the other side of the ball, uh, restrict the number of saves the goalkeepers have to make, and not concede as many goals. Uh, with what we've got going forward and, and this real depth to the to the forward line, I think there's uh, there's, there's so much to work on, and you know the, the players are very. Uh, uh, Seem really into it, and it's. As as I can't wait to get started in uh, in March.
0: Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Um, you've got a lot of work to do, so I should probably let you get to it. But thanks so much, James, for for taking the time to chat.
1: No problem. Look, uh, look forward to catching up with you throughout the season.
0: All right, time to wrap it up with the back four. Yes, it's officially Women's World Cup season. As we now know, the six groups of four teams each uh, for next summer's tournament in France. The USA were drawn into Group F. They're the top seed in that group. And they'll play two opponents that they've never faced in the Women's World Cup, Thailand and Chile. And of course, once again, Sweden. Always Sweden. Why always Sweden? Sweden. And the Sweden match will be the team's final group game, so we'll very likely decide the Group F winner. I will have the entire Women's World Cup schedule with kickoff times entered into my Keeper Notes Google calendar by the time you hear this. And it's linked to KeeperNotes.com, so you can easily find it. All games, not just the USA games, all games of the tournament will air live on one of the Fox channels in USA. So either Fox, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. There are all other kinds of WOSO stat links at KeeperNotes.com. So while you're on my site, be sure to check that out. And hey, feel free to send me questions or uh, requests for additional data at Keeper at KeeperNotes.com. And next month, NWSL Draft, we are less than a month away now from the 2019 college draft. The big event will take place on Thursday, January 10th in Chicago as part of the annual United Soccer Coaches Convention. Live stream will begin at 11 a.m. Central Time, and please note it, that the draft is free and open to the public. Uh, you don't even have to be registered for the convention to attend the draft, so fans are welcome to attend, cheer for their club's picks, just, you know, hang out, and yes, there is also a link on KeeperNotes.com that has the all-time history of NWSL college draft picks. Last thing, my updated almanac. Seriously, I am so close to having this done. Just about 30 pages left to proof, but there are so many numbers to proof. I finally started wearing reading glasses. Uh, The final 320 plus page color PDF. uh, You can pre-order it now at KeeperNotes.com. Older editions are available as well, and I've got more stat booklets um, planned for 2019, so... Take, take a look at the almanac, you know, always open to, to hearing what people think. And seriously, all I've been doing the last few days is proofing. So it should be ready very soon. All right, that's it for this episode of the Mixed Zone Women's Soccer Podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone who shares this with a friend. And as always, big thanks to my ever-patient producer, Sean. now she's at Let's go.